The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Every person, every human being has the legal right to come to the United States and seek asylum or shelter. And um, those policies have been in place for a long time. But California is now the first state to offer health insurance for everyone, including undocumented migrants. California is now preparing to provide full coverage to roughly 700,000 undocumented people under the state's Medi-Cal system. It's expected to cost the state $3.1 billion each year, but this program begins as California faces a record $68 billion budget deficit. Where are you from? Egypt. Egypt. Holy cow. Don't listen to him. Egypt, 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 huh? Okay. Where in America? New York. Cairo. Are you going to New York or Chicago? Boston? Boston. Okay. Uh, Egypt? Yes. Okay. Far. From Egypt to here, long journey. All men, though. No family, no wives, kids. No, all by yourself. One wife. One wife. Uh, wife. No, no kids. No, no kids. No. What do you think, man? Crazy. Yeah. This is uh, this is guerrilla camps. I mean, really, what it comes down to, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's no other word for it. I yeah. mean, they have livings, they have yurts, permanent establishments. These yeah. are guerrilla camps. Yeah. It is. This is, it's a, you know, the, the front line of the invasion. This is what a dying nation looks like. I mean, uh, you hear these communists that are currently in control talk about the death of democracy. This is the death of democracy. This is the death of a republic that you're seeing. Mayor Wu, the one you heard there at the top of the cold open, she's the mayor of Boston. She says everybody, everyone in the world should be able to come in. Well, they're coming in. They're coming in from Egypt. They're coming in from Turkey. They're coming in from Southeast Asia. They're coming in from China. They're coming in from Afghanistan, from Iran. And of course, Central and South America, they're coming from all over the world. And they're heading to Boston and other cities across the United States. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to this live stream, the live stream of this show at TrumpetDaily.com or at the Rumble channel. Just go to rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily. These are the two uh, websites that we emphasize the most. But, uh, of course, many of our listeners and viewers download the show onto their devices. Uh, I was told just this morning we've got 850 uh, subscribers over at Spotify. So uh, when you add it all together, as I've said so many times with respect to Rumble, I mean, the audience overall is growing. As I say, we appreciate you joining us. We'd love to have you on the live video stream, but of course, uh, we appreciate you watching after the fact, too, as many of our viewers do. A lot to get to on today's show. We're going to show you some clips from uh, uh, a Mark Levin show a couple weeks back where he talked about the impeachable offenses of Joe Biden, and he didn't even focus Really, he didn't even focus on the pay-to-play scheme that netted the Biden crime family tens of millions of dollars, probably hundreds of millions, once we find out, once it's all said and done. Mark Levin, he just focused on the border invasion. The border invasion. The president, in this case, the fake president of the United States, has an obligation, a constitutional responsibility to protect the United States of America. The problem is there's there's mayors like the one in Boston, there's governors like the one in California that say, hey, everyone in the world should be able to come in. Well, they're coming in. 
10 million just in the last three years. And from all over the world, not just Mexico and Central America, no, no, everywhere, single fighting age men, an army of young single men. That's what's coming in. We went through this yesterday on the show, but I can't leave it. It's happening every day. And the only one down there is Ben Burkwam for Real America's Voice. Where's the New York Times? Where's the Washington Post? Where's Joe Scarborough? Is anybody on Scarborough's team at the southern border interviewing these Egyptians, these young single men that are heading to Boston? Anyone from MSNBC or CNN? No. They, they, if you could put words in Barack Obama's mouth, it's exactly what that, that mayor of Boston said. Mayor Wu who said everybody in the world should come in. That's Obama thinking. He's just not stupid enough to say it. This uh, California program. Imagine, imagine being an actual American citizen. You've paid into the system. You've paid taxes your whole adult life. There's no free health care for you. No, you've got to pay for it. You've got to pay for that. But someone who comes in, an Egyptian from Cairo, a young single male who comes in from Cairo illegally at that. Free, if you go to California anyway, you get free health care. At this stage, it would be more finan financially wise to renounce your U.S. citizenship, to head to Mexico, and to come across illegally. America is under attack. I mean, this is some kind of bitter affliction, is it not? Bitter indeed. Just like it says over in 2 Kings 14. ABC News. California will welcome the new year by becoming the first state to offer health insurance for all undocumented immigrants. I'm sure Mayor Wu up in Boston will be quick to follow. Or the, the blue state of Massachusetts will be f quick to follow says starting January 1st, all undocumented, undocumented immigrants, that means illegal, regardless of age, will qualify for Medi-Cal, California's version of federal Medicaid. It says the final expansion going into effect will uh, affect approximately 700,000 illegals, I'll, I'll insert, between the ages of 26 and 49 eligible for full coverage, according to the California state senator that uh, announced this. So there you go. You heard in the cold open. California's budget deficit, it's $68 billion. And so they're just tacking on another $3.1 billion per year. Per year. They have no money. California's bankrupt. So is the federal government. And, and you know what, what's going to be... <laughs> frustrating to what really the most frustrating component to this story is the feckless spineless weak republicans in congress that will do nothing they'll, if they go on with hannity i mean they'll if lindsey graham goes on with hannity he'll say all the right things listen we're not going to pass any budget unless there's uh, border security added to it well wait until the deadline day comes and they come up with some kind of compromise well we got to have some kind of bipartisan compromise here or the government shuts down the government should shut down until they fix this invasion at the southern border that's the truth of it. But it won't. <laughs> It'll just keep right on going. Look at, look at how obvious and how lawless this attack on the United States is. The attack from within. And, uh, and Donald Trump, he, he sends out a tweet about it. This corruption. How that these evil people ought to rot in you know what? And he's Hitler. Okay. Meanwhile, all the Egyptians, all the communists, all of these people from Afghanistan, from Turkey, from Africa, from Mexico, from Central America, from Venezuela, single-aged fighting men, fighting men. 
leftists coming into the border, heading for Boston, heading for New York, heading for Chicago, heading for, I'm sure they'll be heading for California in droves. They've got more freebies lined up for the illegals. Not for you. Not for you. For the illegals. And added to that, as I covered on yesterday's show, if Texas or any of those border states try to do anything about it, try to do anything to slow to slow down this invasion, well, the Department of Justice is coming after you. The Department of Justice, they're going to go after uh, Ken Paxton. They're going to go after Governor Abbott. They're going to go after anybody that would try to send the single, a, the single men from Egypt back, back home to Egypt, back, back to Cairo. Can't do that. You've got to welcome them in and give them free health care. America under attack. Call and order your free copy of that book today. 1-866-930-3024. Bitter, bitter affliction indeed. This is from Spiked Online. I didn't have a chance to get to the, uh, this story yesterday. But we've certainly seen through this fake administration, particularly over the last year, just the satanic depravity that's on full display Every day I talked about Joe Bama siding with Hamas, basically, stabbing Benjamin Netanyahu in the back. It says here, what does it mean to be a radical left-wing progressive? Well, in 2023, it meant making excuses for a genocidal uh, anti-Semitism, refusing to believe evidence of mass rape and naysaying about the terroristic murder of infants. This was the year the right side of history brigade exploded their phony moral superiority for good. You know, well, they've got it right about the radical left and all of this, this satanic depravity. For sure they do. But as I said, where, where are there good conservatives or Republicans fighting back, putting these criminals in jail, calling them out for their Jew hatred? says here, when Hamas sent men on paragliders, motorbikes, and in jeeps into southern Israel on October 7, murdering, raping, mutilating, and kidnapping as many Jews as they could find, I thought those on the anti-Israel left would be forced to reassess, forced to rethink their years of Hamas apologism, their thinly veiled support for these Jew-hating maniacs who they have long whitewashed as a legitimate resistance movement in Palestine. After all, that dark day, these supposed leftists were, or rather should have been, confronted by the barbaric consequences of their own luxury beliefs. They were shown beyond doubt that Hamas's genocidal founding charter was not just talk, that Hamas was not in fact dedicated towards the good of the Palestinian people and long-term peace and social justice in the whole region. As Jeremy Corbyn once put it, He's a radical leftist in, uh, in Britain. It says here, but they didn't reassess. Many leftists openly celebrated the, prog- the pogrom, hailing it as a day of celebration. Well, of course, we saw them take to the streets. These radical leftists. How much of this evil, lawless, satanic attack has been exposed following the election steal, I might add. Now Donald Trump's coming back. We'll get to (laughs) the year of Trump, as one uh, one author put it, 2024, that is. You you may have seen the footage yesterday in, uh, I think we've got it in one of our montages, um, Ron DeSantis. I mean, you you talk about taking the worst advice. I don't know what's worse coming into the race against Trump or, or once he found out that this was not going to work out well, staying in the race. (laughs) He's been fully exposed. He used to be the most popular governor in the country, even among MAGA Republicans. Not so anymore. He's been to every single county in Iowa and he's still not getting any traction. Walks into the pub yesterday in Iowa. Hardly anyone even looked at him. I think two people spoke to him. Coming back to this corrupt, lawless takeover of the United States, as I say, Mark Levin, he had a show 
a couple weeks ago where he was talking about Article 2, Section 3 of the Constitution, the Take Care Clause. It it states there, he shall, speaking of the president, he shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed and shall commission all the officers of the United States. The take care clause. He's got to, he's got to make sure that the laws are faithfully executed, like the immigration laws. Levin should have been making this point back in uh, the Obama days. When he opened the border, not, a, not quite as wide as it's open now, but he opened it, he disregarded laws. He didn't administer the government the way the Constitution says that you have to execute laws even that you don't agree with if you're in the office of chief executive. Listen to Levin from a couple weeks back, clip eight. The bottom line on the impeachment clause is this. A president shall not commit acts or fail to act when the society, when the country is in trouble or create circumstances intentionally creating such an environment in the country. When a president of the United States refuses to actually visit Acknowledge, correct policies that clearly, specifically, intentionally, and directly violate federal laws that he is required to uphold. I don't mean just challenge them in court. I mean, once the dust settles, refuses to enforce them, that is a high crime under our Constitution. That is what's meant by a high crime. He is committing acts, illegal acts, unconstitutional acts against the country. We don't need to look at bank accounts to figure that out, America. We don't need to look at wires. We don't need to look at foreign governments. We don't need to look at anything except his conduct. We don't need depositions. We don't need notes. We don't need texts. We don't need phone records. We don't need subpoenas. Joe Biden is unilaterally violating separation of powers, violating his oath of office, violating the take care clause of the United States Constitution as he directs his regime to keep the border open. To defy existing federal immigration law. To allow millions of people to pour into the country who are unvetted. Thereby threatening the safety and security of our society. Forget about the wire transfers. On this alone, he's right. He's absolutely right. But you know what else he didn't talk about there? The reason they they don't impeach him for this? is because Republicans, they control the House now. Republicans lack the courage. And also, also, this regime, as he correctly calls it, it receives plenty of cover from governors in California and Massachusetts and, of course, and, of course, from the regime media. Listen to what he said about the media. This is skipping ahead to clip 10. The reason CNN isn't on the border day in and day out The reason MSNBC is not on the border day in and day out. The reason the New York Times spends more time trying to knock off Benjamin Netanyahu than to protect and secure our southern border. Same with the Washington Post and the rest of the media. Is because they support this. They hate America too. They're part of the fundamental transformation. And so as they go on and on about Donald Trump. And if he comes back, that being the death of democracy, just know, just know, they're behind the death, the suicide of the Republic, the United States of America. They're part of the regime. Obama, they swooned before Obama, remember? That's brought out in America under attack. They swooned before the dear leader. And so they give him cover. 
and the talking heads can come out. We can skip ahead to number three here in just a second. But listen to these people. KJP, the French lady, by the way, she is refreshed. I mean, she had a delightful winter break, catching up on all the talking points from Media Matters. And now she comes out just to swing it away at how wonderful, at how wonderful this fake presidency is and how wonderful everything is for the country, for the United States. You've got her and then you've got this other guy on MSNBC talking about how fantastic Joe Biden's presidency has been. Clip three. And I'll take a step back for a second. In the last two years, uh, almost three years now, the president has done more, more in the last three years than some presidents had done in two terms, Mika, in two terms. Uh, in spite of the fact that President Biden has done not a good job, he hasn't done a good job as president. He's done an outstanding job. One of the most accomplished presidents since the 1960s. And the droids interviewing these people, just nodding along. Yes, yes, yes. Like clapping seals. Yeah, the best ever. He's done more in three years than most presidents have done in two terms. Well, if you're talking about a fundamental transformation of the United States, you're right. You're absolutely right. Listen to KJP uh, again from, I think, earlier today, clip one. So look, the president has always, always put... uh equity at the center of every policy he's put forward, every legislation that he's put forward, because we understand that many communities uh, have been left behind, have been left behind. We're not trying to do the trickle-down economics. Uh, We really, truly are not. No, it's not about merit. Not at all. It's not about, it's certainly not about a capitalist system. No, 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 no. It's all about socialism. It's all about equity. And it factors into every decision and policy of this regime. She's right about that. Let the Egyptians come on in. The young, single, male fighting men. Let them come in. We'll ship them to Boston. We'll give them free travel, free health care, free everything. And who pays for it? Well, it's not even really correct to say that the U.S. taxpayers pay for it. Because as a nation, we're just like California, the state. The state of California, a $68 billion deficit, and they're tacking on another $3 billion plus per year to give free health care to young, single, illegals, men, just streaming into the country from all over the world. Listen to KJP. Well, let me just read through this first before I get to what she says about Bidenomics. I'm surprised they haven't thrown that term away. It says here on Fox News, millions of Americans strapped with student loan debt are still not paying their bills after a three-year payment hiatus ended this fall. See what happened? Well, it's the pandemic, right? People can't work. People were huddling together in their basements. So they certainly couldn't pay their college loans. Here we are three years on. And millions, it says, millions are still not paying. How, I'm I'm just grabbing a few stories for you. How how much longer can this, can we sustain something like this? I mean, I'm talking as a nation. Federal student loan payments restarted at the beginning of October after President Biden declined to extend the pandemic-era pause that first began in March of 2020. So this goes back to the last year of Donald Trump as well, who just went along with all the scaremongering, with all the pandemic policies. I mean, that was pretty much the year Tony Fauci was president. It says, however, 40% of the 22 million borrowers who had bills due failed to make a payment as of mid-November. So they got, in other words, they got used to not paying their bills. And guess what happened when it was time to pay the bills finally? They just didn't pay. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Biden, Joe Obama, they're probably going to find a way to just waive the bills altogether. Why not? We've got three billion to throw at free health care. We've got three billion to put over here. We've got, we've actually got on the federal level, we've got trillions We've got trillions to throw away. Listen to the French lady as she talks about Bidenomics, clip two. 
How do you explain the groups that have supported Joe Biden for so long, Democrats for so long, now kind of looking around, actually, not and among young voters, too, not just that they're looking at, at Donald Trump, but they're looking at other choices. We understand what the American people went through these past three years, right? We came out of a pandemic, right? A pandemic that we haven't seen in a hundred years. And when the president walked in, the economy was upside down. And so we get it. We get that it's going to take a little bit of time for folks to feel what the Bidenomics has been able to do. It's just going to take a little more time before everyone realizes just how prosperous and wonderful everything is in their individual lives, in their collective lives, all across the nation. It's just going to take a little more time, that's all. Notice, notice the question, though, from that MSNBC guy who said, uh, are, you, you know, are you a little bit concerned that uh, Donald Trump seems to be peeling away Democrat votes? No wonder. No wonder Donald Trump's candidacy continues continues his lead continues to grow his poll numbers continues that they just continue to surge listen to uh well where do i even want to go here this is a story i alluded to the other day the trendy electric vehicle market could be in trouble as at least 18 ev and battery startups that went public in the last few years are running out of funds to operate no more money for them the government's bankrupt. The, the Joe Obama people, they can't, even, they can't even carry out stage one of this green revolution. We're supposed, to, it, we're supposed to switch over to electric as a country. All these startups, hey, there's government handouts to be had. Let's claim those. And then as soon as the money dries up, they go belly up. This is from Reuters. Many electric vehicles lost eligibility for tax credits of up to 7,500 after new battery sourcing rules took effect on Monday. So here the government handouts stop. Even on the individual level, you don't get the tax write-off like you used to. People aren't buying electric vehicles. This other article I just mentioned says that were it not for Tesla, I mean, the whole thing's basically going be belly up. They're not buying electric vehicles because they can't afford groceries. And you've got, you've got KJP out there looking all fresh, ready for 2024. Everything's, everything's great. Listen to this from uh, the French lady, clip four. And it's so unfortunate that Republicans in Congress want to focus on the, Amer on, on the president's family instead of the American family. Right. She says this. There's a new Media Matters talking point, I would imagine. The American family. How dare Republicans concentrate on all the wire transfers and the impeachable acts or lack thereof? There's no action at the border. They're not executing the laws. They're working in a partnership with the cartels, as I said yesterday. And there she is talking about the American family. The family of America. That's what we're, that's what we're really focused on. As young single men from Egypt, from Turkey, from China, from Venezuela. As they invade the country of this American family. As I say, it's no wonder that uh, Frank Meal over at uh, Real Clear titled his article, Like It or Not, 2024 is the year of Trump. It's the year of Trump. He says voters are already well informed about Trump's eccentricities and they uh, prefer him over more normal candidates. They, I gave you that article yesterday where more and more of them, uh, they see Trump as the safer choice of all things. <laughs> After seven years of persecution, of trying to destroy this man, the regime, that is, the dear leader, Barack Obama, what, what, what's the American family concluding? I think he might be the, the more normal, safer choice. It says, instead, they became even more enthusiastic about Trump's candidacy as soon as the deep state brought its first indictment against him in March. 
The verdict that matters is already in. A plurality of U.S. voters apparently agrees with Trump that the legal persecution being waged against him is election interference, and they're not happy about it. Here's the real election steal that's going on. This is the only way the communists will be able to hold on to power coming into the election in November. I mean, listen to the fake president, Joe Biden, as he says here in, in this montage, he says the quiet part out loud. This is clip 12. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Folks, we got a lot of work to do. I don't need you to get me elected. I need you once I'm elected. No longer just who gets to vote or making it easy for eligible people to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote and whether your vote counts at all. He's right about that. (laughs) Whoever's in control. That's good communist ideology right there. If you're in control of counting the vote, Obama said the same thing years ago when he was campaigning in Ohio. If you control the machines, he said. And and now you're getting all of these these cases finally getting, they're they're finally getting some attention about the machines, about the fraud. Three years too late, Donald Trump brought it up. He brought it up when it happened, was the only one. Everybody else just caved into the pressure from Scarborough and company, the regime media, calling Donald Trump the uh, insurrectionist. And listen to these people talk. We've got to cheat our way to victory. We've got to make sure we control the count. Well, they controlled it in 2020, at least in those swing states. And that's why you had, that's why you had everything shut down. That's why you had the Joe Biden spike at 3 a.m. That's why you had the long drawn out five day counting. That's why you had the regime media anointing, even Fox News, anointing Joe Biden. They were all in on it. And now look where we are three years later. Egyptians, Chinese, Turks, everybody, the whole world moving into the United States of America. Well, as I say, it's finally getting some attention. These attacks, this persecution, the indictments, the election steal, January 6th, all of it. How do the, I mean, the Democrats, this Jan 6, this fraudulent January 6th committee, they put on the big show with Hollywood producers to tell you that Donald Trump's an insurrectionist and then Republicans gain control of the House. That was over a year ago now. Well, at least they came into power last January, but they won the election the November before that. They come into power and then Benny Johnson, all of those lawless thugs, that's what they are. They started to destroy the evidence. They had like a thousand interviews for that January 6th sham. They carefully showed you just tiny, 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 just like with the Jan 6 footage. They just show you a tiny little portion of it. And then when the Republicans get in control and say, hey, can we see everything? Can we see all the, oh, sorry, that's been destroyed. You've got some transcripts. Some of the transcripts are missing too, but listen, you've got everything you need. That's what Jack Smith is telling judges. They don't need the evidence that the January 6th committee turned up or it looked into or investigated. That's good communist strategy right there. Just carefully script the narrative and then destroy the evidence after the fact so that the other side can't cross-examine anything. You see how it works? When, you're, when you control the count, when you control the committee, when you control the investigation, that's some bitter, bitter affliction indeed. America under attack. Listen, though. Well, Julie Kelly, she's been on a three-year mission, basically, defending, defending the Trump supporters that were unjustly thrown into prison, thrown into jail, for just meeting at a peaceful protest, one that was infiltrated by Antifa and your federal government, the DOJ. Yeah, that's right. They had plants all throughout. 
Kelly says here, throughout 2020, both Republicans and Democrats warned that the U.S. Supreme Court would ultimately determine the winner of the presidential election, albeit for different reasons. Democrats feared a conservative majority would uphold what they called voter suppression laws to tighten voting requirements that might benefit President Trump. Republicans worried how the court might, would handle cases related to lax absentee voting. It says here, Democrats, it's fair to say, won the day in 2020. Justices systematically denied consideration of numerous lawsuits challenging the validity of elections in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, and Michigan. Which is why many Republicans turn a skeptical eye toward the court's involvement in 2024 election matters. How will justices who punted on dealing with flagrant election fraud in 2020 now confront unprecedented political issues central to the Biden regime's lust to put Trump behind bars before Election Day? Will the court again take the easy way out or find a spine at a time when the American people need it most? And she goes on to list all of these cases now that the Supreme Court is going to have to finally, finally address after punting all these years. And it comes at a time when America is being invaded at the southern border, when, when ordinary Americans are being crushed by inflation. I mentioned that uh, reaction in the pub for Ron DeSantis He's basically thrown all his eggs in one basket. He's got to win Iowa or he's done. He's done. Nikki Haley, she's got to win New Hampshire or she's done. Listen to this montage. Uh, about, it's about Iowa and Donald Trump and it has a little DeSantis in there as well. Clip 11. We turn now to Iowa, where two weeks from today, Iowans will gather at schools, libraries, and other locations across the state to cast the first ballots in this year's presidential election. Several of the candidates have been spending the past few weeks barnstorming the Hawkeye state, trying to convince voters to choose them to be the party's nominee this fall. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida has also poured all of his resources into Iowa. He's done what they call the full grassley, which is visiting all 99 counties and and the candidates have spent the bulk of 2023 really trying to break through in a crowded field that has really just been dominated by former President Donald Trump. Are they gaining any ground on Donald Trump who really still holds the leads there clearly? But what are we seeing as far as any difference? But right now, Donald Trump still holds a commanding lead in most national polls and especially here in Iowa. He has strong support here. Donald Trump is in great position in Iowa. And I think unless Scott knows Republican voters way better than I, unless he tells me something differently. Uh, I'm just going to think that that uh, that Donald Trump wins is going away. And, and we just showed some numbers. Trump is far away winning nationally. Yeah. He's got that huge lead in Iowa and New Hampshire, not quite as big as the national lead. But if he wins those two states, Rick, yeah, it's what? it's probably game set match <clears throat> and, and and quickly. I mean, there, there's a there's a very compelling case that the Trump campaign will put forward now to say that he will be the de facto nominee by the middle of March. I love the, I love the uh, DeSantis wandering around the restaurant, w- walking around the restaurant like Joe Biden walks around the stage after a speech. Just one, he's lost. He doesn't even know where he is, and and maybe two people, two people acknowledge him. He has been to ninety nine counties in Iowa, all every single one of them. <laughs> I don't know what his poll numbers are at the moment, but you listen to them. You listen to them, I mean, they're surging. And yet even the regime media is acknowledging that this is the year, to use Frank Meal's uh, title, this is the year, year 2024 is the year for Trump. When we come back, we'll conclude today's show with our Bible study segment. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. In 1994, Trumpet Editor-in-Chief Gerald Flurry asked, Is Iraq about to fall to Iran? 
It was a bold statement at the time. But over the next 20 years, this forecast became reality. Today, Iran is the undisputed king in the Middle East. In the early 1990s, we identified Iran as the prophesied king of the south. In the book of Daniel, it says this king of the south will push against the king of the north. These prophecies are being fulfilled before our eyes. To learn more about these incredible prophecies, request your free copy of The King of the South. This booklet examines the history and current events of the Middle East under the light of Bible prophecy. To learn more, please visit thetrumpet.com. Many moons ago, we had a, this is last week, I guess, but we had a, a Bible study on the subject of higher education and how that Herbert Armstrong was right. We've got a booklet or a brochure, by the way, that goes by that title. He was right. And in this case, he was certainly right about higher education. Look what it's churning out today. Good, young, faithful, obedient communists. Yep, that's right. That know nothing about the world that couldn't care less about what's happening at the southern border or why there's runaway inflation or so much crime in our cities. Mr. Armstrong said, just to repeat this quote, this is from Mystery of the Ages, we've got here on the, that here on the desk as well, written in the last year of his life, and it's just as applicable today. I mean, it's, it's from 1985, but look, this gives you the sweeping overview of God's plan and purpose for man and what a magnificent purpose it is, what a hope-filled vision it is, and how much do we need that living in this world today? I mean, Paul called this present world evil. He called it the present evil world 2,000 years ago. What would the Apostle Paul say today? What would Herbert Armstrong say if he were alive today? Well, you get a pretty good snapshot of the present evil world every day on this show with respect to segment one. But this hope-filled vision, there is a purpose God is working out here below. And we need to fill up on that vision daily. Just like it says in Matthew 6 and verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God, God's coming kingdom. Seek the righteousness of God. Live righteously, like Lot and his family did, in, uh, in Sodom even. Now, they had some problems. They drugged their feet a little bit. Certainly, Lot's wife didn't have the character that he did. She wasn't vexed by the sins that were going on all around her. She kind of cozied up to it. Mr. Armstrong writes, Higher education contemptuously ignores without any consideration whatsoever the biblical truths revealing man's presence on the earth and the causes of this present state of civilization. Higher education knows nothing about the law of cause and effect. The law of blessings and cursings. Read it at the end of Deuteronomy 30. You're blessed for obedience. You're blessed for righteousness and you're cursed for disobedience and lawlessness. That's why curses are just pounding away at the United States, at, at Britain, at Judah. Here, Bibi, I noticed in the headlines, I think Richard Palmer wrote about it in the, the morning brief. He's trying to reel in this, this rogue, out-of-control, left-wing court, this Supreme Court in Israel. And the Supreme Court decides, no, no, you're not going to do that. We want power. That so many of these leaders, these justices, these, these elites, they're just drunk on power. They won't do what's right for the country. They won't do what's right for the southern border. What's right for Boston or California. They're drunk on power. They're drunk on pride. They can't admit that they're wrong. They can't admit that their policies have failed. And so they continue groping in the dark, just like Isaiah 59 says, stumbling in the dark, stumbling around like the fake president after a speech. I mean, 
That's that's the visual. That's perfect. It's the perfect visual for what's happening in the United States. It says here, education in the civilized world today has become entirely materialistic. Education has become a combination of the agnosticism of evolution, the politics of, and economics of Karl Marx, and the morals and social patterns of Sigmund Freud. It says here, higher education remains in utter ignorance of the mystery of mankind and of human civilization. Total ignorance with respect to the mystery of mankind and human civilization. Why we're here on this earth. I read a term paper last night from one of my students writing about the human spirit, talking about the mind of man and how that in higher education, I mean, all that they, everything's based on evolution. So, you know, if it's a dog, it's just progressed its way on up to where we are. This is, and we, we have, I guess, a more sophisticated uh, brain, more sophisticated brain power because we've evolved, we've progressed, you see. That's in higher education. They can't know, they cannot understand that God put a spirit in man. That when you look at the, the physical composition or makeup of the human brain and you compare it to something like a dolphin, physically it's about the same. So why are we able to think and reason and make decisions? Why are we able to appreciate fine culture? Why are we able to open up a book and understand the words on the page and read it? Well, with respect to this book, there's very little understanding in this world because those minds of higher education, their religion, their religion is evolution and science. And they can't even understand the truth about the human spirit in man. You can understand it if you want to read, you know, Zechariah 12 or Ecclesiastes 12, I think it is, if you want to read Job 32, or read the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians 2, where God just explains the difference between the human spirit and the Holy Spirit. I mean, this world, its system of education, doesn't even understand about the human spirit. Forget about the Holy Spirit of God, God's power. Those that even talk about that, they'll tell you that the Holy Spirit is a separate entity. In, in, a, in a Godhead that's closed off to mankind. Three in one. God is a family. That's why he instituted marriage and family at the very beginning. Genesis 2, read it. And then Jesus in the New Testament, he explains, I mean, for this cause, this is why, this is why we marry. Look at Paul in the, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. He's talking about marriage between a man and a wife. And then at the end he says, this is a great mystery. But I'm speaking of Christ marrying the church. Who understands this today? Well, you can't. Your mind can begin to be opened to this truth. If you dig into, if you study into mystery of the ages. It's a great mystery. It's a great mystery. We should read it. <laughs> those last few verses in Ephesians, since it uh, came to mind there. Ephesians chapter 5, I think I read this in a message not that long ago, which is maybe why it's on my mind. <laughs> he talks in this passage about husbands loving your wives and wives submitting to that, that role of the husband, that office that God has put him in. Not a popular message, certainly not in higher education, but really not even in religion either. No, it's, it's too it's outdated. Come on, that's first century stuff. We're in the 21st century. I mean, now we've got homosexual marriage, we've got transgenderism, we've got anything you want. We, we certainly aren't going to promote the traditional family and the government God puts in the family. Verse 31, it says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. You could read about that in Genesis 2. How come, why didn't Paul come along thousands of years after Moses recorded what's in the first chapters of Genesis? How come Paul didn't come along and say, you know, Genesis, let's not get hung up on Genesis 2. I mean, that was, that was thousands of years ago. We've progressed so much since then. 
We've come such a long way. We've got some new teaching for you. It says here, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Did you get that? In the marriage chapter, Ephesians 5, the Apostle Paul says, this is a great mystery, marriage. Marriage is a great mystery, but look, just so that you know, I'm talking about Christ marrying the church. And you can read, read about that in Revelation 19. When he returns, it says the wife, the church that is, will have made herself ready. She'll be ready for the marriage. She'll be ready to marry Jesus Christ. This is why God instituted marriage in Genesis 2. Were it not for the coming marriage between Christ and the church, there would be no such thing as marriage, physical marriage, or family. Look at human reproduction. It's an exact type of spiritual salvation. Most people in the world of religion don't understand that. This is all part of that hopeful, hopeful vision. The God family vision. It's a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, nevertheless, Paul finishes, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. It's because of what it points to. God's given us this institution so that we can prepare for our spiritual role as the bride of Jesus Christ. It's an awesome vision, as I say. It's, an, it's a hope-filled vision. I was going to go through Romans 1, which would tie in probably a little more closely to uh, segment 1. God's saying there, look, because you've left me out of the picture, I've just turned you over to reprobate thinking, to perversions of every kind. This is a little bit, a little bit more of a positive, <laughs> a positive finish, finish or conclusion to today's show. A couple of emails since we've got a minute and a half. I'll go quick. It says your recent, your recent show, uh, show montage of the lowlights from the past year in America was funny in some parts, but seriously sad and hard to watch as the very same lowlights are happening in the UK. That's where he, he lives. It says here, uh, TD is top class giving us tomorrow's news today. Another one here says, awesome year-end montage. This is in reference to last Friday's show. You can get to all of our shows at the Rumble channel, rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily, or go to trumpetdaily.com. Awesome year-end montage. It must have been a lot of work to put that together. 2023 has been a very eventful year. A lot of it is hard to stomach and very frustrating to see. It must have been difficult for your staff to decide on what and what not to include, because even with as much as you showed, there is much more. <laughs> and, and we could add, there's much more in 24 as well. I keep coming up with these nice sounding phrases. We've got some, uh, some phraseology to build on as we go forward in 2024. Another one here says, thank you for airing the lighter moments of your show. And I'm looking forward to the shows in 2024. I'm anxious to see what God is going to do about the Trump presidency. We'll have to see what miracle God performs. Yes, indeed. <laughs> 2024. That's all we have time for. If you want to submit some feedback, you can email the show, td at the trumpet. Com. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you again tomorrow. <laughs>